1: Okay,
2: Pastor Mark, I guess I better start tithing. I'll start it. Thanks a lot for forcing it on me. I'll give to God. Forget it. Totally wasted money. He doesn't need it. Well, I guess I better go on a mission trip then so I can serve God. We don't want you on the mission trip. Wrong what? Motive. Wrong motive. You mean God caring about my motives? Well,
0: sure, out of the heart. What are you hoping for? A better paying job? A future mate? Perfect children? We use the term hope to refer to pipe dreams, wishful thinking, fantasies, and the like. But very few of us actually understand what true hope is. Pastor Mark will share with us what true hope really is today. He will explain that hope from the Bible is a belief grounded in faith based upon the promises of a god who never lies and who always keeps his word no matter what you've done or what you're going through god promises hope is available to you because of the unchangeable truths from the bible remember there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of pastor mark's teaching we'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast now here's pastor mark in the book of first john chapter 2 verse 28 with part one of our message entitled, How to Live While the World Is Ending.
1: Oh, let us hear your
2: First John chapter two will be there in a moment. You probably saw this headline Two life radio hosts commit suicide together. Motivational speaker John, 48, and his common law psychotherapist wife, Lynn, 46, were found sitting on a couch, holding hands with plastic bags over their heads and a tube attached to a canister of helium. Two suicide notes were found. The man's note said this, I can't take it anymore. My wife is in too much pain. Their radio show was called, ironically, The Pursuit of Happiness. It was focused on personal development, growth, and creativity. They also had a consulting company that was designed to foster and encourage people's inner strength. Here's, quote, what their consulting firm was about. We want to put you confidently on the path to designing the life you always wanted to live. Now, if you look at these Educated, gifted people, why did they commit suicide? One reason they had no hope. They talked about hope, they encouraged people to have hope. They had no hope. What is hope? I encourage you to write it down this morning. Hope is very simple it means to look forward with confidence and expectation. They taught it, but in their own personal lives, they had nothing to look forward to. You see, hope is basic to all of our life. It's essential for our well-being and for our survival. The couple that committed suicide, they had only human hope, which is really no hope. Human hope is based on human wisdom, strength, and power. But for you and I today, the Bible tells us, that we have a very different kind of hope. And it's a long definition, but I want you to write it. Because you'll be used to minister to many people who are depressed, discouraged. What is it? It's called biblical hope. Take a look. It's the confidence that some future thing, some future experience will happen. Is definitely coming because it's based upon God. In the Bible, the Word of God. In other words, when God says something in the future is going to happen, you can guarantee yourself it is going to happen. And that gives us hope. John in the teaching, as we just continue on in 1st John, talks to us this morning about hope because of a future event that's going to happen. Look at 1st John chapter 2 verse 28. And now, John is writing to the churches in that day, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, this is the rapture, when Jesus comes back in the rapture, we may be confident, and watch this word, we're going to unpack it in a moment, and unashamed before him at his coming. Now scoot on down to chapter 3, verse 3. We're going to cover this passage from 28 to 228 to 33. Look at verse three. Everyone who has this hope, what hope? The hope of the rapture that Jesus is coming back. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He appears. Now go back to verse 28 when when he appears, that is talking about the rapture of the church. John introduces us to the rapture of the church. John tells us that we can look forward with confidence because Jesus is coming back to this earth. The truth of the rapture, the truth of the second coming gives every one of us hope in the future. It's an expectation that there is good things coming in the future for all of us. No matter what's happening in our lives right now, there's good things coming. So first thing I want you to write this morning, this is really what I'm teaching on today. While the world is ending, you and I as Christ followers can live with hope right now. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. We all go through periods of time where we really don't have any hope. We feel because of a marriage problem, all kinds of things that are happening. But you can live with confidence today. Now, Go back to verse 28. Let's unpack it. And now, dear children, now, and now, dear children, continue in him. Continue in him. Why does John say that? We heard it before. John knew that Satan was out to deceive people, that some would eventually walk away from their relationship with God. When you go to the book of Revelation, we begin to see that happening. A hundred years after, uh, well, at the hundred-year mark, Jesus kind of uh, went to the cross around A.D. 30, A.D. 35, somewhere in there. Uh, Just 70 years later, Jesus has the right to the church. What's wrong with you? You've lost your first love. You've begun, you're not even interested in the things of the world. So John knows because we're about uh, A.D. 90, 95. John knows it's already happening. He's watching people go through the motions, get deceived, and walk out of the church. Now, we know that as our culture continues to erode, the Bible tells us in Timothy, people will be simply lovers of self. It's going to get more And more and more. Because they're trying to find some happiness. Notice if you remember the headline of this company. We're going to show you a path that's designed to give you life that you always wanted. Well, no, that isn't the life. that. That's not where I find satisfaction. I find satisfaction in the life that God has designed for me. But our world is going to get like that. So John knew that the real purpose in life... What was not found in my will, but in having a daily, vibrant relationship with Jesus. I'm going to give you uh, six keys this morning, as the world continues to erode, what you and I should do today. Now, I don't have time to go into last week. If you missed last week, we went through basically the whole book of Revelation and we showed you all the things that are going to happen. So just get on the on the website or get you a DVD, catch yourself up to all the things that are happening. Now we've been telling you that things are going to get worse and worse and worse in our world. And one of the things we mentioned last week, and I hope you understood as you looked at the headlines this week, how how that's happening. We mentioned that one day there's going to be a one-world government, and they're going to know everything about you. I'm praying this morning that the NSA and all the guys in Washington, D.C. are listening to this teaching today. (laughs) I hope they got their cell phone and they're going. You get on Facebook and say, wow, that was a great teaching. Maybe they'll go there. They've already got a tape. You know, we've been going to China for many years, and you always know that they're watching you. Guess what is happening now? The one world government is on its way. It's on its way. So here's six keys you want to write. Number one, first key. Here it is. John says, continue to abide. Stay in that vibrant relationship with Jesus. Remember, Jesus Christ is the vine. We're the branches. That abiding that relationship that's what's going to protect me as i go through the eroding culture the world's going to get more difficult so john says don't don't, fool, don't don't worry about the world you focus on your personal relationship with jesus christ as i stay connected with jesus i'm going to be healthy spiritually and i'm going to be productive i'm going to be bearing fruit Now remember, as you see the fruit down there at the bottom, that comes naturally out of a relationship. That relationship is personal. You have to have your own quiet time. You can't have a quiet time every six weeks and expect to have a vibrant relationship. It's not going to happen. Just like in our marriages or any kind of our friendships, we have to maintain that vibrant relationship. From that comes fruit. Now, pay attention because you're going to be, you're going to stand and give an account of this fruit. You'll see it in a moment. So what are we talking about fruit? Well, we've learned as we've gone through this before, godly character. As I connect with Jesus, my character's going to change. I'm going to do good works. We're going to go to the world, we're going to paint, and we're going to share the gospel. There's going to be a godly witness, I'm going to be part of that. Uh, praise, you did it this morning, the fruit of our lips. You worship God, you're going to worship God at the end of the service this morning as well. And of course, giving, giving of ourselves, our time, uh, and even, of course, our money and possessions. Abiding requires that I remain dependent on God. And that is what brings true happiness and success. Jesus simply said, you remain in me. You obey my teachings and you'll know the truth. And that truth will give you freedom in your life. It'll give you hope. So look what John says next. As I abide in Christ, it gives me hope. Look at the last part of verse 28. And now, dear children, continue abiding in him. Stay in that relationship so that... There's a reason, look at it in your Bibles, so that when he appears, he's coming, when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. So here's the second thing you want to write this morning. I need to continue to be confident, and I'm confident because I have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, I'm being useful, and I don't want to be ashamed In that verse, John introduces us to something called the judgment seat of Christ. Let's just take a look at this kind of quick overview of where we are today and what the end times looks like. We're in the church age right now. There's a day coming called the rapture. And again, that's what we believe. Some other wonderful believers don't believe that. That's fine. This is what we believe. The Scripture teaches in many places. There's a day coming. You see the little uh, the little arrow. That Jesus is going to come, uh, and He's going to actually appear in the air. And every Christian is going to be taken up immediately to heaven. That's because right after the Christians are gone, the rapture, we begin a seven-year period of tribulation where God's wrath is poured out on the world. And the Bible tells us in a number of places, we were not appointed unto wrath. So God's going to take us up. We're going to go up to heaven. The seven-year tribulation begins. It's God's wrath. One half of the world's population is going to be killed during those seven years. Out of that seven years from last week, remember? The Antichrist is going to arise. This man that's going to take the whole world under control. One world government, one world religion. And as he does that, there's a one world finance everywhere. He's going to do that. In the middle, the Jews are going to go, wow, because he allows them to rebuild the temple. And then in the middle of that seven years, we enter the... Great tribulation. It's when the Antichrist comes into the rebuilt temple and stops the sacrifices to the Jew- for the Jewish people and says, worship me. We heard Jonathan speak about it. The Jews are going to realize they've been deceived. Well, we miss all that. At the end of that, we're coming back in the second coming. Second coming, that's true. Then we begin a thousand years of peace on this earth. Now, look at the rapture. When I go to heaven... I'm going to appear, you see a little something at the top, the rewarding of believers. The reward, That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me read this to you. You can write it down if you need to. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him in things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, this judgment, like the other judgment, the unbelievers will not be at the judgment seat of Christ. They're going to be at the great white throne judgment. This judgment has nothing to do with our sins. As a Christian, my sins have already been paid for by Jesus on the cross. Could I hear an amen? I'm not going to have to give a response. They've already been paid for and forgiven. The cross is where my sins were taken care of. Well, Pastor Mark, what? What am I going to do at the judgment seat of Christ then? Well, this is where God's going to review your life. And there's going to be wards. And God is interested, see, in what you do for him. Each of us, think about this, we're a steward. We handle his property. Everything you have is his. And I'm a servant. I'm a steward, so I'm going to be judged on how I did that and I'm a servant. How how I served. We will give an account. Now listen, so don't be discouraged. We will give an account of how we used our time, our talents, our opportunities, our resources, our spiritual gift. But not just how I used all those things. Only God knows our motives. So I'm going to be judged on my motive. Did I do it in a right way. Now, watch this. Look at Romans 410. It's pretty specific. There's a judgment coming. You don't have to worry about it. Now, when you were in college, you probably heard a professor say this. There'll be some, there'll be some surprise quizzes. How many like surprise quizzes? I hated surprise quizzes. Now, if I knew there's a midterm and a final, okay, I can study for them. Amen. I know it's coming. Hello! There's a day coming. When you're going to stand before God, you got plenty of study time right now. Get yourself ready. Pastor Mark, I don't think that's really going to happen. Watch what Paul says. For we will all, Christians, stand before God's judgment seat. So then, each of us will give an account of his wife to God. That ain't going to happen. You're going to stand, think about this, before God. And you're going to give an account of how you used your time, your resources, your finances, your gifting, your abilities, your opportunities. Did you do it with excellence? Did you do it with the right motive? Okay, Pastor Mark, I guess I better start tithing. I'll tithe. Thanks a lot for forcing it on me. I'll give to God. Forget it. Totally wasted money. He doesn't need it. Well, I guess I better go on a mission trip then so I can serve God. We don't want you on the mission trip. Wrong what? Motive. Wrong motive. You mean God caring about my motives? Well, sure, out of the heart. So what does that look like? Is it something I need to be afraid of? Notice what John says. I want to be confident in unashamed. I don't, I don't want to stand before God and go, well, I really, I really wasted my life. Why would you want that to be said of you? So, let me show you how that's going to work and, and challenge you this morning. When God designed you, He designed you right over here. Take a look at my hand. This is the potential God has designed in your life. For all the kind of things. The talents he's given you, the money he's given you, the resources he's given you, the possessions he's given you. Here's the potential God has for you. Now what God's going to judge us on is the gap between my potential and what I accomplished. Now that you know you're going to be giving an account to God, it would be good to get busy. You'll see later about the work of the Father. And make that gap between what he designed you to do and what you actually accomplished small. See, because when we get there, those who have been faithful are going to give rewards. Those who have not been faithful will lose rewards. In fact, 1 Corinthians 3 says, if I did it with the wrong motive, if I didn't do much, it's, it's just wood hand stubble. It's all burned up. And I just scooted into heaven. So you, you want to be confident when you stand before God. John says, and the only way that can really happen is not by coming to church. It's by maintaining your personal relationship with God. Because when I maintain that relationship with God, you'll see later in the teaching, Jesus says, I must be about my Father's business. That's why we're here. We're not here to discover my path to what I want in life. I'm here to discover, as the Lord's Prayer says, may His will in heaven be done on earth. So your challenge this morning... In that area of your life. Now John goes on. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 starts with if. It can also be said since. Since you know that he is righteous. God. You know that everyone who does what is right. Has really been born of him. One day Jesus came to a very religious man. Actually the very religious man came to Jesus. Nicodemus. We call it Nick at night. He came to Jesus. And he was very religious. And he asked an amazing question. He said, I go to church every week. I've been going to church for 43 years. Jesus didn't even talk about it. He said, how do I enter the kingdom of God? Here's what Jesus said. You must be born again. Had nothing to do with his religion. God is not into religion. It's a personal relationship. So notice what John is saying here. The first key that we see in all of 1 John is this, that when you finish reading this book, John wrote it for one reason, so that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you're really a Christian, that you can prove in your life by these things John gives us that absolutely you're going to stand before God. Remember, Jesus Christ didn't just come to save us. He came to change us. You remember, when you think about that, That means that God didn't come just to patch up a couple places in my life. Born again. A whole new way of living. So John says, right belief will lead to right living. What does verse 29 really say to us? Here it is, third key. Write it down this morning. Continue to live right, righteously, like Jesus. You remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We learned earlier in this very chapter, whoever claims to live in him must walk, must have a lifestyle as Jesus did. So John reminds us that being born again is proved by one thing, a changed life. No root, no fruit. Being born again means we'll be living in that right relationship with God, producing a holy, productive life. It will have changed me. I will be like God. I'll be living
0: correctly. Hope. We all look for it and want it. Pastor Mark told us that hope means to look forward with confidence and expectation. For Christians, our hope is found in Jesus and His return. This is our expectation of good things coming in the future. This is a promise in God's Word, and we can have confidence in that. So, while the world is ending, Christ followers do not need to be afraid because we have this eternal hope in Jesus.
3: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to lessonsforlivingradio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Viera campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Viera Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark tells us about Judgment Day and the rapture. It may seem like a scary thing, but as Christians, we don't need to be fearful about Judgment Day. We're living in obedience to God's will. We've been faithful with what he's given us and we will receive our rewards. If we haven't been faithful, then we will receive chastisement. Are you living a life pleasing to God? Pastor Mark will ask us this question next time. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Word made flesh in a hurting world, a new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living.